Sup guys and gals, welcome to the asylum. Tom's over uh, coughing and choking. He's got his microphone off right now, so y'all can't hear it. Uh, tonight we have a special guest, Mr. Gary Anderson, Mr. Blank Check Fox on Instagram. What's going on, Gary? Man, I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Great, doing man. Great. Living the dream. All right. So uh, before we really get rolling here, uh, Jesse and I and John just want to make a couple shout outs and thank yous uh, to a few guys who uh, helped us out with the Chocolate Fox. And so much more than that, these shows wouldn't happen for us. And a lot of things behind the scenes for the 50 Asylum wouldn't happen for us if it wasn't for these guys. I consider them family. They're every bit of the 50 Asylum as John, Jesse, and I, whether you hear their voice or not. So, um, you know, Dom, obviously, uh, Mike, Clipso Mike. Steve Feldman, Eddie, uh, you know, all you guys, Brent Hicks, Brent Hicks has gone. Uh, I don't even know. I'll let, I'll let Jesse give uh, Brent a shout out because those two are real close and uh, go ahead, Jess. Yeah, absolutely. Tom. Thanks brother. And you know, I think um, I had a great time and we're, we're going to recap the chocolate Fox. We just want to take a couple of minutes to thank our, you know, our strongest supporters and the guys that really leaned in this weekend to help us to get everything sorted out. This was the first event that we represented as a group as, you know, the 5 Asylum. Uh, we had a tent, the whole nine yards. And I'll be honest with you, without Brent, I don't know that that would ever gotten up in the first place. You know, and all the other guys were integral as well. Mike, Dom, Steve, Eddie, everybody that we had there with us did phenomenal jobs to support us. Dom, you know, standing in as a pseudo John to help uh, balance Tom and I out as we went around to pick out the 5 Asylum, uh, you know, Choice Award. Just a great experience. Um, as you guys probably heard, the podcast was released by the time you hear this a week ago. Brent hijacked the introduction, and uh, he got a lot of joy out of that, and uh, also did the, the artwork. I told him that he can't take my job. Uh, it's not up for, for grabs, but, um, you know, just a huge, from the bottoms of our hearts, you know, and I said it during our award announcement, you know, a big thank you to everybody, um, you know, that, that support us on the back end and, you know, have an integral place and role to play in the 5 Asylum. Um, and I think we'd be remiss, Tom, if we didn't thank Jen and her crew for A, affording us the opportunity to have a booth at the Chocolate Fox, and then B, allowing us to present an award uh, based on our personal choice, what we thought was the best fox at the show. So thanks to everybody. That's about all I got, Tom. And I, what, did I miss anything? No, no, you didn't. Uh, definitely thanks to the Chocolate Fox staff, Jen and all them, all the volunteers. Uh, I, I believe... Uh, it's it's pretty well known that they were a little understaffed this year looking for volunteers and they did a stand up job for being short staffed stand up. You wouldn't even have noticed it was it was no hiccups, smooth. It was just a great job. And, uh, you know, besides all that, also, I just want to mention, you know, these guys that we're talking about, Dom, Steve, Eddie, Mike, you know, they're not just good friends of mine, but they've helped out so much from the beginning of this pod, even the creation of it. Like Dominic is actually the one who recommended the word asylum to me uh we were talking about 5-0 then me and john hashed it out back and forth so shout out to him for that and uh yeah that's about all i got to say right now and we'll do a recap and uh we'll talk a little bit more so gary mr blank yes, so your car has been a hot topic the past year uh you we just a little talking a little bit before this you said you just got it back give us the scoop yeah, man. So uh, I've been working on it about a year and a half now. The whole process. I mean, anybody that's been watching on Instagram, I mean, literally from day one, we posted the build pictures, which I thought was cool. 
and I've had it back for about a month and a half now. And it's fast. That's all I can say. It is absolutely a burner. I've, I've driven a lot of cars, a lot of cool cars, some exotic cars, but that one's unreal. I had it out the other day and in third gear at 90, I hit it and it got loose on the interstate. Scared the hell out of me. Uh, Tom, I'm sure you can, you can relate to that with yours. Uh, dude, it's the coolest car I've ever had. He can't oh, ever seize the interstate. Yeah, bullshit. Tom That's actually know how to drive. What the he goes from his driveway to the trailer. <laughs> At least I got a car, John. Shut your face. <laughs> hey, I can say that too. Mine isn't together, but I got one. <laughs> you could go out and take a picture of it now, though, Jesse. Oh, no, I can you take you guys there. out there right now. Both of y'all can kiss my ass. I'll get mine back one day, I promise. Got all yeah, yeah. all 396 horsepower coming after y'all. We don't have enough time to kiss your ass, John. That would take all day. <laughs> all damn day, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, so, give us some details about the car, man. Like, actually, let's start. Let's start with what made you just. Is this your first Fox body? Yeah, man. I bought it uh, in 1996 when I was 16 years old. Oh, nice. Really? You've had it that long? Yes, yes. So what form was it in before this? So, man, I've always been a car guy. I love cars as a kid. Man, I'd go to every car show, wanted a million different cars. And uh, I fell in love with a 66 Chevelle that my dad's friend had. And I always wanted it from the time I was in like eighth grade. And by my junior year, I had saved up enough money to buy it. And I went to my dad and I was like, Dad, I got the money to buy Greg Chevelle. And conveniently, the next day, Greg sold the Chevelle. And my dad will never admit to this, but I'm fairly certain he convinced him to sell it because he was scared I was going to, I don't know, run off a cliff in it or something. Which you probably would have. Probably would have. It was a 353 board over to, or a 350 board over to 383. I mean, it was a monster. And uh, so they sold it. And then about six months later, that Mustang was for sale the uh, the town mechanic had it it was his son's and he was selling it so i bought that and man i thought it was the coolest car in the world you know you guys remember in high school like best car you know that was like a big thing so, yeah yeah like exactly. a year the yearbook picture back then right yeah absolutely it was a big deal so i won best car and i've just always had it and i've always had that mindset of you guys car guys you know the answer to this is like how many times have you been somewhere and some guys like, oh, man, I used to have one of those, but I had to sell it because I got married or had kids or whatever the story is. Yeah. And I always heard that. And I was like, I'm never selling this car. So I drove it from like 96 to like 04. And then I bought a different car, you know, a daily driver after I graduated college. I needed something reliable. So it basically sat in the garage for 15 years. You know, I drive it every now and again, always with the intention of redoing it. But at the time, I was like, man, if I put 30 or 40 grand into this car, it's going to be worth five grand. And so I just never did it. But I was like, eventually it will be worth something. And then, you know, 2020, and I was like, all right, it's time to do it. And Tom, I know you'll appreciate this. Is it started off with a budget of like 75 to 85 grand. Right. And, uh, and it, it doubled that by the time it was said and done. That's just the way it works. That's how it goes, man. Yeah. It's a true story. So give us the details of what work you had done to the car well, so everyone gets the idea that, what was it in its original form you know what was your original oh, yeah. color what wheels did you go through and then what mods did you go did you do before you decided to go ham on it yeah so i mean i bought it from our, our town mechanic and it was black it had uh you know the 
the Wellcraft rims on it. Uh, he had put different gears in it. And uh, I eventually blew out the transmission, so he put a new transmission in. But it was pretty much stock. Uh, besides the gears and the transmission, I mean, everything was pretty much factory. We did not mess with it that much. I mean, you know, in the time, it was a fast car. I mean, it could burn the tires, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. So when I when I started doing it 2020, I mean, it was primarily stock. It was probably 85, 90% stock by that time. Just black stock Mustang. So who, what, tell us the mods. And then I'm curious about if the mods, if you came up with the mods or if you handed them over. So give, what, tell, we, give what us, we ended up doing to it. Yeah. Like, tell me what, tell me to give me the scoop on that. How all that stuff, like for instance, your, your LX wing is, um, like flush mounted, I would like to call. Yeah. So, yeah. So, man. So from like 2015 to 2020, I was always searching Mustangs, you know, trying to figure out one that I liked, what I was going to do. Cause I'm not a very creative guy. I just knew if I saw somebody else's, I liked it. And funny story, I stumbled across Tony Frank's car on Pinterest or something once upon a time. And I was like, wow, that's a really cool car. Like, it's just like mine. If my car looked like that, I'd be happy. And then I stumbled across Instagram. I'd never used it before, found Instagram. And about that time, Tony had his car on the market for sale. So I reached out to him. We chatted a little bit. I tried to buy it, but nothing ever came of it. And I was like, well, if I can't buy his, I guess I'll do mine. And basically I told our dream auto, I was like, I want it to look like Tony's except blue. And uh, so that was sort of the, the original base model was Tony's and I talked to Tony about it and Tony was like, go for it, man. Cause he's like, I'm selling it. So I don't care. Which is funny now that he, that he has it back. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, and then I basically took it to our dream auto and was like, Hey, the budget's, you know, 75 grand. And then uh, I went down there and uh, I drove, they had two that they just finished up one with a gen three coyote. And then one with the gen two coyote with the BMP supercharger. And I was like, Oh, yep. I got to have a supercharger on it. And then, you know, of course, then it went from BMP to Whipple. And uh, a lot of it, Manir, the guy that built it, I gave him basically free reign on it. I was like, man, how would you build it? Because he's like, my favorite Mustang is an 85, 86. I was like, if you could build any car you wanted with no budget, how would you build it? And uh, he would basically be, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? I was like, do it. Well, I'm thinking about doing this. What about that? Do it. I think the only thing that we ever really disagreed about were Tommy, you'll appreciate this with the glow lights, which he hated. And I was like, I got to have glow lights. That's it, baby. See that, oh. Johnny boy? But I said, oh. I was like, I mean, the thing about glow lights are, I was like, if I don't turn them on, nobody knows that they exist. So that's it. Doesn't even really matter. And then he wanted to do like the uh, the door handles the same color as the car, and I wanted them black. Yep, and then, of course, right. I saw uh, the shaved door handles, which I thought were cool. And I thought about doing that. But man, we pretty much had the same idea on the car, just basically. What do you think? And he would check with me and man, he just put it all together. Whose idea was the wing? Man, that was his idea. He, he said, Hey, what do you think about sanding this wing down? And I was like, go for it. I was like, it'll be cool. It'll be different. 99% of people probably won't notice it, but yeah. people that really know cars will notice it. Same thing with the cow hood on the front without the plastic there. He just sealed that all up. Right. Just some little details in there to make it different. The wing looks killer, man. Oh yeah. I got it. I it looks, looks fantastic. I, I can't even hear you, bro. You sound like you're underwater and a mile away. I, said, you, I guess you like the wing. Did you pay? Did you look at it? 
at ponies. I'm at the pictures right now. You didn't yeah. look at it at ponies. I looked at it at ponies. It, it's awesome. Dude, I love the whole, I love the whole damn car, not just oh, the. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that was the part that stood out the most to me because yeah, there's a lot of work involved to do that. What stands out the most to me is that damn blue. Man, it's a beautiful blue, isn't it? It is. It's pretty. And I'm not a listen. I'm not a blue fan at all, but I love. Well, judging by Gary's hat, blue. I would say he is a blue fan. Yeah, man. No, go I'm cats. Not. I'm not. Go cats. I got you. Hey, I, I'm fine with it. But you know, orange what, my what orange color is that? <laughs> So what made you decide to go to a shop rather than do any of the stuff yourself? Man, my dad is a super talented mechanic, but outside of a brake job and fixing oil, I's way above my pay grade. I'm into finance. I'm into numbers. That's my thing. Mechanic. So what do you do for a living then? Uh, I uh, get an investment firm. Okay, cool. Hell yeah. So, so you just, because you, you just wanted – you not you didn't have the mechanical skills to build the car that you want is what you're saying. Long I not even close, not right. even close. So yeah, man, I shopped around for probably a year and a half looking for the place to do it. I wanted somewhere that kind of specialized in Mustangs. I wanted somewhere close enough that I could drive to it and check it out. Uh, so I talked to a handful of places. I talked to Prestige Motorsports, talked to them a little bit, talked to a couple of places down in Florida, and at the end settled on our dream auto. I just like Veneer. If you guys have never met him, he's a super good dude. Uh, you know, he's he's a big fan of the 85, 86. That's his favorite one. He has an 85 that's pretty nice if you've ever seen it. And it just, you know, it seemed like the right fit. And that's that's where I chose. And, man, I was super happy with it. They, they hit a home run. So is, is he one of the new owners? There's two, yeah, right? So I don't know the entire story, but uh, the short version of it was uh, there was a guy there that had that shop, and he just kind of tinkered around a little bit. He passed away, and I believe his nephew kind of took it over. And Manier was kind of running the 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 nephew was running the the books, and Manier was running the the builds. Gotcha. And then eventually, uh, you know, probably not much different than the shop you're working with, Tom. Eventually, uh, the guy that was running the books kind of wanted to step away, and Manier just took it over. So he bought him out, and now it's now it's his own shop. Right. How long has he been over it? Uh, not very long. Uh, I think they took it over about the time we were at Pony. So officially okay. theirs for just a couple months now, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. But I was talking about ponies. It sounded like they were kind of take took control of it. Like right around the, like really was behind the scenes kind of running the show for, for almost your whole build. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was the guy that I did all the work with Dan, right. the guy that was running it. Uh, you know, I didn't really talk to him that much. Manier and I just communicated cause he was doing the build. Gotcha. So, how do you like this thing, man? Man, it's it's everything I could have ever wanted. You know, the, the only real stickler I had is I wanted the engine bay to be awesome. That was like the one thing that I wanted. And I mean, I think it's a home run. I think it's perfect. Right. Would you do anything different? No, no. I love everything about it. The only thing that I don't love, and Manir would kill me if I said this, but were the rims. Because I wore him out about the rims. We looked at a thousand different rims. I had a thousand different renderings. And I always wanted the, the rims that I have on there. But once I got them on there, like, I like them. I think they're a solid seven or eight, but they don't blow my mind. But I don't know what does yet. So when I right find there. that right set of rims, I'll put them on there. But for now, I mean, that's that's as close as it's going to get the perfect. Yeah. It's kind of like John. It's why we don't see his car. This still has no wheels, right? <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Hey, and you had those wheels widened, right, Gary? What's that? You had the wheels widened? 
Yeah, so we set them off the whale craft, and they put like two and a quarter inches on them. So, what are they, a 12-inch now? Yeah, I think 12 and a quarter, but yeah. 12 and a quarter with 335s. Yeah. Car looks Did they narrow the front by chance? No, they didn't. Okay. Those are those are just uh, the standard eights. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Did you did so you didn't even have to narrow your rear? Well, so uh, we actually had ordered the weld or the uh, the forge lines, and so when they put that custom Moser rear end in there, they had shortened the Moser rear end to fit the deep dish of the the forge lines. Mm-hmm. And then at the twenty third hour, I found the the BBS, and so we ordered those. So they had to widen them and put spacers in it to make it fit. Gotcha. What forge one last you order? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Jesse. I said, what forge lines did you order? Uh, the GAC, GA3Cs is the ones I was going to go with. Kind of the standard, like, 67 Chevy look, which I've always yeah. liked. Don't you like those, Jesse? Yeah, I do. They're sharp. I remember you sending me a picture of those one time, right? Yeah, they're, really? they're pretty sick. Still got them? No, he never got them. He, the, oh, no, right. I canceled the order. Gotcha. If I could go back, I might have ended up going with them, but eh, we'll see. They might eventually come around. Right. So you reached out to me off the car a little bit uh, after the last two pods ago, after we did the last crab, Jesus Christ, collaboration collaboration with Gary Chris. And you were talking to me about the last half of the podcast and how it kind of, I don't know ignited your interest i should say absolutely so we will be curious to know since you reached out specifically about that what's your thoughts man it's something we deal with a lot so i do financial planning so obviously discussion of changing careers retirement uh what to do with your finances is a big deal myself my business partners we talk all the time about two kind of things of you know how fortunate we are to have the jobs that we have you know running our own business and being our own boss but two, something you guys hit on a little bit as well is you guys both come, I listen to the pod all the time. You guys both come from difficult backgrounds, right? You guys have had to struggle through a lot as children. And I, I didn't struggle as much, but we grew up, you know, on the poor end of the world, I would say. And uh, one of the things that's always interesting that I see is guys that come from that modest beginnings and had to struggle a lot, man, they grind like monsters to get where they got to get to, right? They'll put up with anything. They'll do anything. And they just grind right and that's something you guys both have obviously done very well and the interesting thing that i always find is that the result of that is a lot of people always say and my clients say this all the time is they say gary you know i had to struggle really really hard and i don't want my kids to have to do that and then by default they end up giving their kids like such an easy life that it swings the pendulum in the complete opposite direction where the kids are spoiled and entitled and they like kind of revert back to being really challenging. So I just thought that whole conversation was amazing. Something we do. Yeah, all which, time. which Chris actually asked me about if I, had he spoke, if, I'm, if he thinks I'm swinging the pendulum the wrong way with my kid. Yeah. So that's interesting because, you know, I, I, let me put it this way. It's, it's hard to self-evaluate like this, but after he mentioned it, I really did think about this because that's the last thing on earth I want to do. So I would say on if I'm self-evaluating, like my daughter definitely gets more shit than I ever would have when I was a kid. That's, I mean, clear. But 
you know, we still make her be responsible. You know, um, we still say no to her in stores. She doesn't get everything she wants. I felt like maybe there's a little bit of truth to that. If I'm being, if I'm being truly honest and I might want to pay more attention to, um, to that specific topic as I move forward with her. I don't feel like I am. I mean, she's still disciplined. You know, my, my wife is truly hard on her. So if anyone's doing that, it would be me, not my wife. But it's definitely a topic where I think there, there could be a lot of truth to that. Um, I just don't know if I fall in that category or not. I need to self-evaluate that, I think. But it's interesting to hear you say that, that you deal with clients. What do you think about that, John? I mean, listen, it, it, it's it's part of that merry-go-round of life. I mean, if you think about it, if, if, and, and, you know, I have this conversation with people all the time about life insurance, you know, because at the end of the day, you want your family to be taken care of, but do you really want them to be spoiled when you're gone? You know, do you want to have a million dollar policy and all you owe on is $200,000? You know, somebody's getting 800 grand, that shit's going in the bank. It's going to build some interest. Some kid that's growing up that, you know, fixing to turn 18, 19 years old, whatever, and he gets the money, guess what? He's not going to go to work. He's not going to be a contributor to society, you know? So why do that? You know, why, why, why invest your money to make sure that your kids have an easy life in return, ruin society, ruin everything that's <clears> – <throat> you know, that we have going as far as building and making better, you know, because that's what, that's what we're supposed to do, right? As far as evolution is concerned, you know, we're supposed to be, our, we're supposed to teach our kids to be better than what we were, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and we're supposed to teach them to do things with a, a greater standard than what we had. You know, so, you know, I mean, I mean, also you, the, the idea of being a parent is to create a better life for your kids than you have, if possible, too. But I, think necessarily. That, uh, I think that is a standard, but I think Gary might be right. And Chris might be right that a lot of us need to watch. We don't swing the pendulum. Isn't there a saying? What is it? I, don't quote me. On this, God, I'm probably going to get it wrong. But isn't there a saying something like hard times build tough men, tough men build easy times, right? Yeah. Easy times build weak men, something like that. Some of that nature. I think there's a lot of truth to that for sure. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, but you see it a lot of times. I mean, the most common answer, like we'll be doing financial planning, a lot of college planning. And, you know, one of the questions I'll always ask the parents is like, you know, what is your thought process for paying for college? And a lot of times they'll look at each other and you'll get different answers because a lot of times, most commonly the dad usually had to earn his pay. You know, he had to contribute and most commonly the mom generally, you know, dad paid for it because that's just sort of, this sort of the dynamics of it. Right. Yeah. And so you get that, that conversation and, you know, the answer I always hear is, well, Gary, I had to work in college and, you know, I struggled and I don't want my kid to go through that. And I always say, you know, Jim, the reason you're here in my office with $2 million in retirement is because you did have to struggle. Yes. Don't, don't take away that opportunity from your kid because you think you're doing them a favor, you're actually be doing them a disservice. And you kind of watch their brains turn a little bit. And sometimes they get a little offended by it, but. No, I don't think there's any, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to be offended. I mean, it's the truth, right? You would be amazed. Uh, I always joke about this. So where I'm in Kentucky, like private schools are kind of a big deal. 
And the amount of kids that go to private school and the question was like, how's everybody paying for this? And I'm like, man, don't be fooled. Grandma and grandpa are paying for it. I would say yeah. a bulk of the retirement money that my clients spend is spent on supporting their kids and oftentimes their grandkids in private school because it's just such an expensive endeavor. Yeah. So my, my daughter goes to private school and I promise you grandparents don't pay for it. Yeah. Well, you're, you're one of the weird ones then. So don't be really confused about you're looking around and all these people at the baseball game. And you're like, how the hell do all the people afford all this? I'm like, they're not. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you can, I'm sure you get in that, that mood. You're looking around and you're like, well, that's the Smiths. How are they affording this? There's definitely a different class of people. When you go to these schools, you have, you know, I would be considered like the lower end of the spectrum of the people who send their kids to those kinds of schools for sure. You know, I, I, it's amazing how much money some of those people have. I'll never have that kind of dough, man. Ever. I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I, I do feel like, though, John, like it is our obligation as parents to give our kids a better life than we had. If if it's you, it's it's my obligation. Here's here's what. Well, you're, you're not. It's not your obligation to be their friend. It's your obligation on. to be a fucking parent. But Hang I mean, on. here's here's my here's what I see. Okay, it's our obligation to make sure that they're fed, clothes on their backs. They're well educated, if that's how they, if that's what they want, okay. Uh, you know, I had the conversation with both of mine in the ninth grade, because you know, in the ninth grade here in Alabama, in the ninth grade, your you know points system, you know, starts counting in the ninth grade, so you get credits, and you know GPA the whole nine yards, and you can go to college based off of your GPA, right? So, uh, sit down with both the kids, you know. In the ninth grade, when they first start, hey, listen, this year's the year that everything starts for you. So uh, you have to evaluate your life. I'm not going to evaluate it for you. I'm not going to make you do anything that you don't want to do. This is your life. Yeah, I mean, life. if you want to go flip burgers at Burger King and that's what you truly want to do, then go fucking do it. Like, I'm with you on that. That's it. That's I'm it. With you so, 100%. so I sat down with, you know, I started with Mason. Of course, he's the oldest. You know, hey, listen. You've got to figure out what drives you, what motivates you, what things you enjoy doing. Don't don't sit and think that you have to come out of high school and work for the man for the rest of your life. You do not have to do that. I don't want you to do that. Yeah, I don't. I, I agree to, with all that. I want, to, I want you to have the freedom to go and do what you want to do. Okay. So, you know, his money, tenth grade. My my dad had left him a little bit of money in a, in a you know in a uh, savings bond. Uh, he cashes it in. It's like twenty five hundred bucks. Goes buys himself a pressure washer, you know. And I think I talked about it on a couple pods ago where you know he was making fifteen hundred two grand a damn week, you know, through the summer, pressure washing houses and driveways. You know what kid? Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm not, I'm with you on I'm with you on all that shit. I'm with you. Know? Yeah, I agree well, with everything. So, you know, it, I didn't give him anything, nothing. The only well, thing listen. I did was the only thing I did was finance his truck and pay the payment for him. One hundred and thirty-seven dollar payment on a pickup truck every month. And then when I got done paying for it, guess what he does with it? He sells it and goes and buys another one. But he yeah, on paid his own, right? But he paid yeah. for that. Yep. I'm not listen. I'm not buying my fucking daughter no fucking BMW neither, bro. Like fuck that. <laughs> well, I bought she, mine a BMW. I'm just saying. 
<laughs> I think there's also a difference as well. You guys got to figure out. So, Tom, you got one daughter. Is that right? One. Yeah. Yep. One. John, you got what? Two boys. I got a boy and a girl. My, 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 my I girl also think there's a big difference about how you would raise and nurture a son versus how you would raise and nurture a daughter. I think those kind of send two different trajectories as well. Oh, this is good. this is a good one for Jess. Conversations with my daughter when she was not when she was not great. I think Same you have to. All right, I want to hear Jesse's opinion on this before we move on yeah. to something else. Yeah, he's got two youngins coming up, so well, I got three. But I think, yeah. I think that you know, at the end of the day, it's it's our obligation as parents to, you know, I agree to, with Tom, you know, to make the kids' life better. Um, but I don't think that means that you hand them everything, right? Agreed. What I mean by that is, I, I agree. You know, I grew up, you know, single mom, you know, family, uh, just me and my brother, and my mom didn't have a whole lot of money, and I remember being, um, you know, embarrassed by you know the clothes that we had, or you know having old shoes, or not being able to ask my mom, you know, or, or I just wouldn't bother to ask my mom, you know, for money for a field trip. So I stay home at school or stay at school when kids went on you know field trips, you know, things like that because there's that financial inconvenience, right? Um, so, you know, our financial situation's significantly better, obviously, than it was, um, you know, for when I was growing up. So I don't, I didn't want my kids to go through that, right? I want my kids to experience school. I know I couldn't do after school activities because my mom was working like three jobs. Um, so I intentionally had kids. I intentionally got married later, right? I think it was like 27, 28, intentionally had kids later in life because I knew I wanted to be established and be able to provide those things. Um, and, you know, really at the end of the day, I think it's about creating opportunities for your kids and it's not to spoil them. It's not to give them everything under the sun. You know, just like Tom was saying, my kids know the, the word no. You know, we go to the store. Hey, dad, I want this. I want that. Um, but, you know, I'm not just handing things away. It was like college, like this may be, you know, grossly unpopular, but I think college is a capital asset for life. And if you're going to have a capital asset, then you need to earn it. And I'm not going to, you know, sit there and funnel money, my hard earned, you know, savings and career to my kids to go have a drink fest for four years. That's you know, it. You put in the work during high school, you know, you're like my, my daughter right now, you know, my oldest daughter is a freshman in high school. She's killing it. I mean, the girl's got a hundred percent in geometry, like in AP geometry, she's going to do well. You know, she's going to get, you know, scholarships oh, yeah. and things like that. I have no problem helping, but I'm not funding that. Yeah. Because nobody funded my education. I agree. Right. That, yes, you, I think you just explained how I feel perfectly. Okay. And, and I think that's the thing, you know, and it's one of those deals. Like for me, you know, my mom couldn't afford it. So I went out and I found those opportunities and I set my, uh, you know, to use Gary's, you know, word, I set my career trajectory in such a way that down the road, I'd be able to do those things, you know, for my kids. And I think that it's, it's a balancing act, right? But also, too, and, and, you know, everybody's different. Every family situation is different. But I also think to kind of put that that stress or that load on a kid going, you know, the freshman year in high school, that's a little much. You know, the thing that I had a discussion with my oldest daughter was, hey, look, you know, we're going into high school. We need our options open. You're going to do the absolute best you can. And then whatever you want to do, you can do. Because there's already so, at least right now where we live, there is so much pressure put on these kids when they get into high school. Like my daughter spent her whole eighth grade year figuring out what out of 10 minute different trajectories and courses of study she wanted to do. Do you want to go on an entrepreneurial path? Do you want to do, you mm -hmm. know, like all these things. I'm like, dude, the kids don't even know what their lunch number is to get to high school. 
yeah. let alone to make these, you know, life impacting decisions. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, you know, like I said, every situation is different, but um, that's my overall thought and opinion, you know, do the right thing for them, give them that moral compass so they can reflect on it. They had that to go back to and it, give them a little bit of rigor, you know, make them earn some of this stuff, you know, like absolutely. She make them, the make them earn most of the stuff, but don't, yeah. don't. Absolutely. Like, like you, like you were saying earlier about uh, what you, you touched on, like shoes and clothes when you were a kid, right? Like you got yeah. picked on for it. Yep. So my attitude towards that is like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna set my kid up for failure. Like if if this certain shoe is in thing, like I'm I'm gonna take care of that. Like if you're gonna get picked yeah. on or made fun of, you're gonna get picked on and made fun of because of you, not because of me, right? Not because, right. not because I'm setting you up for failure. You get what I'm saying, John? Yeah, I, I got to touch on that for a second, okay? Because what you just said just rung a little bit of a bell in my head, okay? So I, uh, everybody knows what Wrangler blue jeans are, correct? Yeah. Okay, so what? Uh, when I was in school, Wrangler, <laughs> Wrangler blue jeans. Is that like Dickies? No. Is that like Dickies so, for Alabama? So when I was in school, I had to wear Wrangler blue jeans while everybody else wore Levi's. So back, oh. when, you know, back when I was in school, Levi's was the shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Now it's right the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, all the kids are wearing Wranglers now, and it's like, oh, my God, you got a pair of blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like. You're just before your time, John. That's what it is. That, that shit. What the hell? Yeah. Right. That's funny. <laughs> you should have saved them, bitches. I know, hey, right? Hey, now, Tom, I, I found your quote. I bet was... I get one damn leg in them bastards. What, what's, what, how's the quote go? It goes, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. There you go. So it's cyclical. There you go. Gary, are you married with kids or anything? Are you a single dude? No, nah, man, I'm single. That's why I got cool toys. You look like a single dude, bro. You can't have all the cool toys I have if you're married with kids. It doesn't work that this way. This boy out at the True. club is fucking hooking it up. No doubt. Look at him. He's, <laughs> he's singing that song, Boats and Hoes, Boats and Hoes. <laughs> You got a girlfriend, anything like that? Nothing? I mean, no, no, I'm a single man. You gonna you gonna put him out there on the market, John? Ah. You gonna help him out? No, I'm just I'm just I mean, I'm I'm astonished that 43 years old that you're single. It's crazy. No kids, no nothing, huh? Nah, God did not choose that path for me, John. He had a different okay. direction for me. I got it, dude. I got it. It's, it's all good. Bad. Yeah. Well, well, hey Gary, I know we talked about you know, you got the car when you were 16 and things like that. Did you always have an affinity for Fox bodies? I mean, I know you talked about the Chevelle and stuff, but what made you decide like, Hey, this is the car. Like, this is what I want to do. And, um, you know, I mean, to commit the forge lines and all like that, that's all big stuff like that. Are you influenced by pro the pro touring scene? Like what is your, um, what was your draw to the Fox and what made you want to go down that path? Man, I'm just, I'm just a car guy. I mean, if you guys look at Instagram, I mean, I've got a 65 Shelby Cobra, I've got a Range Rover, I've got a 77 Toyota FJ, got a rubicon that's all pimped out i've got the mustang like next on the list i'd like to get a ferrari 458 like i'm just a car guy i love cars but the fox body was my first car i bought it like i told you when i was 16 for 5500 dollars. like it's just it's my baby it's always been like you know the most precious thing in the world to me so it just it has a special place to it and i always want to redo it and like I said, it, it started off as a quality project and turned into an insane project. Isn't it crazy hey, how these shit boxes can do that? What's that? I said, isn't it crazy how these shit boxes can make you have that kind of emotion toward them? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, man, is like this weekend I took the Mustang to Cars and Coffee. And, you know, it draws a scene because, you know, when the engine bay is open, like, oh, my God, look at this engine bay. But, like, if you drive it around, like, you know, you'll get an occasional nod, you know, from like a Fox body guy. But if I take that Cobra out, like, people stop me in traffic and they want to take oh, pictures yeah. and they wave me down. And it's like, it's a whole big thing. So, man, it's not the car for everybody. You know, I always say like that, that Cobra, like, crosses generations like classic cars euro cars like exotic yeah. cars like it catches everyone's eye yeah the fox body costs yeah. twice as much but you know you got to be a certain kind of guy to recognize the the talent behind that car yeah. oh for sure hey for sure. gary i got a question for you about your uh about the fox and it totally just escaped i'm having a john moment my senior moment. um <laughs> just takes a jab for no reason john yeah. moment it's a general moment, dude. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe my blood sugar's light. Hey, I got little Debbie's today. Maybe you need to go shave because you look like I, you need I, to I'm a bum. I've been traveling for three like days. Hey, I got to do what I got. I'm retired now. I can't be held to any standards. You know what I'm saying? Um, crap, what was I going to say? Oh, well, I, don't know. Me. I don't know. I don't know. Something about a question. So, what we come so, so I know, you know, obviously, blank check. That's what it was. Uh, what was your what yeah, is your screen name used to be? Because I remember watching, like I watched your build, and then at one point you changed your name to Blake Check. I'm like, oh shit, this dude's in deep now. Like he's he's like whatever. I'm changing my screen name. This thing's off the rails. Yeah, what was it before? Yeah, man, I'm not very creative. It was just one of one because like I was trying to make kind of a fox that was just you know my car. See, and then one of my buddies saw it. And he was like, holy hell, what'd you do? Rate that guy Blake Check to build that car? And I was like, oh, that's that's perfect. That's a perfect name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's you funny because around that time, more perfect. and more stuff started getting painted, and all. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, that it's that this thing. Wheels get like, extended, they get wider. They, you know, I know that shit wasn't cheap. Yeah. Cool. No, so man, it was, it was an ordeal. I was actually been talking to uh, Jeff Johnson, which I mean, he could just had his car up there. Tom, yep. I assume you know him pretty well. He and I, I have been chatting back and forth about the expenditures of his car versus my car, trying to get him insured at a reasonable value, and just the total chaos that ensues with all of that, which if you guys have tried to get that done, that's, that's an adventure. I'm well aware. You're going to have to have a guy come out and physically look at it. Yeah. Did they you? gave me like, I don't know. I mean, I'll just tell you the numbers. They gave me like 115,000 on it, which I was pleased with that, but that doesn't cover the bill. No, no. Nah. So I'm right around the same, but um, again, it doesn't cover the bill. When I went, I don't know who you went with, but when I went with um, Haggerty, they were initially like around the 50 range. And I was like, that's just <laughs> not going to fly. So uh, they, they actually sent an adjuster out and the adjuster, um, you know, once he saw it in person and went over the car, it was it was a no brainer. And just for so you know, and Jeff knows this now because I've talked to him about this as well. Uh, anytime your car wins an award, especially a good guy's award. You can raise it. Oh, really? Yeah. So if your car wins a trophy, goes in a magazine, anything like that, uh, it increases the value for your insurance. So just, just to keep your heads up, if you bring it to any shows and it wins any awards, you can increase your insurance based off that. And like a good guys is going to be like the top tier magazine, same deal, you know, uh, local shows, not so much, but the bigger ones. Yeah. Just, just that's good advice. Uh, Mustang Hub reached out to me and wanted to do a shoot on it, but they've got to get a cameraman out there, which I don't know how complicated that is. Yeah, are you going to bring the car to any shows? I know at Ponies, you said, um, you said you're not a real show guy. 
Like no one's yeah. seen your face, bro. Like What's I think us right, like us right here know know what you look like. Like no one else in the world knows what you look Close like. Close to them, Kentucky yeah. to bring that some bitch to Fort takeover. Man, I'm I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost. Uh, no, nah, man, I keep a pretty low profile. I love car shows. I'm a big car show guy, but I like a drive-in. You know, like cars and coffee, kind of jump in, jump out. Uh, man, I'm not one to sit around all day. It's not really my thing. But so like it, it pits. Like Manier wanted to show off the car. Obviously, you know, is sort of a production for the for the business. And, you know, I thought it was cool. I might bring it to Foxtoberfest. My kind of thought is to ship it down there and have him kind of do a once-over now that it's got, say, 1,500, 2,000 miles on it just to make sure nothing's nothing's going crazy and have it down there. Whether or not I'll be there, I don't know. But that that's most likely going to happen, I would say. You should get it out there, man. It's worth – It's it needs to be seen. For sure. Because the pictures don't do it justice. Man, I appreciate you saying that, man. It's uh, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'll ask you guys. You guys saw it. Like, what would you change on if, you, if it was your build? I always love this question. What would you do different? You want me to be honest? Yeah, be one hundred percent honest. Absolutely. I mean, you and I have completely different taste in cars, so I'm curious to hear. If it was my car, I would change the wheels. And, Fair enough. And the one, the one thing. Okay, man, I don't want to say this because I don't want to insult you. Nah, you won't. Trust me. Well, you know what? Listen, people insult me all the time. So you look like you got tough skin. You could deal with it. <laughs> um, the one thing. You may be sensitive, Tom. Yeah. Nah, he don't look sensitive, bro. Like he fucking whooped some ass is what it looks like. <laughs> the only thing that I think I would have done different is the way you flush mounted the windows. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a point of contention. The, um, the seal. Listen, it looks fucking beautiful, but I've seen them without the seal at Blue Sky, and now I've seen them with the seal. They're both awesome, and if I never saw the one without the seal, your shit would be like money. I just think the seal takes away from it just a little bit. 100% agree. 100% agree. The original plan, obviously, was to have it without the seal, and that's how it was, Uh, but there was just road noise at like 90, and in a kind of a crunch of like, we got to get this car to the show and I could fix this, but I can't fix it and give it to you at the show. Right. So eventually that will probably get adjusted, but it was just one of those crunch deals where it's like, you got option A or B. I can take it to the show. I can bring it back and fix it. Or you can just have it and we can deal with it later and deal with it later became the option. But I a hundred percent agree with your assessment, Tom. You're spot on. Yeah. And I think the only other thing, probably you have Brom seats. Is that what's in it? Yeah. The seats. I would swap the seats. Not your style? It's not that they're not my style. It's I just think a car with your level of build and the amount of money you have in it. Um, they don't be suit the personality of the car. Well, I think with that, too, is you need – so I'm the same ilk as Tom. Like, I think I would change the wheels. I'd probably put the original 86 uh, quarter windows in it instead of the, the arrow nose quarter windows. And then, you know, you need to get like some AMX style um, Recaro seats, like some Sportster yeah. CSs or something yes. with some real nice. Uh, I think it's Porsche has, um, it's a color that's similar to yours, but it's lighter. It's more like a voodoo. But I think, you know, some sort of custom interior with some, you know, nice Recaro seats from those guys at AMX would just set that thing off. 
Like, not yeah, all fair assessments, man. Manir was like, "Are you sure you want to put those seats in there?" And I was like, "I like those seats." Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah comfortable. Listen, I, I like them too. I like them too. But when you're dealing with a car that's a hundred fifty thousand dollar build, which I know what your car yeah, roughly would cost. Yeah, you know, I just feel like the seats need to be not Brahms and need to just go up a tier. You know what I mean? No, that's just my sense. opinion. I like the seats. Listen, I like them. They're beautiful. Like I like Ken seats. I like anyone who's got Brahms. They're just they're badass looking yep. seats. I just think for certain level cars, it needs to be the game needs to be stepped up. That's that's all. What do you uh, think, right. Johnny? John, what do you think? Yeah. So what do I think? Yeah, I mean, I, I told you, I, to, I, I mean, I feel like the seat. So, to me, a car has a certain personality, you know. So, you know, you have uh, a road, you know, road race themed cars. You have pro touring cars. You have, uh, you know, stock appearing cars. So, naturally, in my opinion, the seat has to fit that theme of car, whether it's a luxury style pro touring. And that's what, in my opinion, I see your car as. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it needs a more luxury style pro touring feel seat in it. You know what I mean? Uh, one step up from where you have now. Fair, fair assessments, man. You guys are, you guys are spot on. Like all so, things that were discussed in the build. So yeah. since it would only be fair, since we just told him what we didn't, what we would change about his car. Yeah, I gotta give them the go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What would you change about mine? Take the oh, LS man. out. The thing, the the first thing oh, that dear. I saw on your car that like was literally the first thing that I had put on my car was the uh, the hydro boost. Like yep. you have the like plastic thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Like I have the Willwood one in there. Like you have this amazing engine bay, and then you have this like plastic blob in there. Don't, I'm like, what don't the just... hell is up with that thing? But it's common for everybody to have them. I don't know what the option is okay. outside of the real wood. Go ahead. I will definitely else? do something about that. What else? Uh, I mean, I would I would have a more clean engine bay, but I, I'm an engine bay guy. Like, I want a clean engine bay. But here's the thing, man, is like you said from day one that like you wanted your engine bay that way and that's how you wanted it. And like, Man, if that's how you want it, that's how you want it. Like, so I like my right. seats, you know, like it is, it is. But like, if it was me, I would have a smooth engine, baby, because that's what I like. I mean, that was that was literally the thing I wanted in my car. So, like the hydro boost and the uh, the uh, the engine bay would be cleaner. But the rest of the car, like again, you and I have different styles. Like I like kind of bright colors. You're kind of dark. So we just different styles in car. But the car itself is amazing. But those are the two things that I would absolutely like change especially the hydro boost thing you gotta so do something that, like that that actually has been bothering me for a couple of years now because when i first started the car that was one of the first things we purchased suspension and brake setup and um like i said in, in a lot of interviews i never expected the car to escalate to where it went of course so it was like it was on and yeah. you know the engine bay was in and all you know engine bay was painted and motor was dropped in before we did the outside of the car all that so it was just like, eh, it's there, and it never really. That's gonna be changed before the next damn show. So, it'll but now be that you said it, Gary, it's be in the shop next. Well, week. while we're at it, he needs to put some. He needs to get a can of Krylon and fix that upper in intake tube so it matches too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, my elbow. Yeah. Rough. 
Yeah. You got this yeah, awesome sure. engine bay, on, all dark, good, looking sick, and you got this big old beep, silver pipe. Just, you know, well, we've out. been talking about doing the turbo and the intake elbow black to match everything else. Jesse and I agree on this. Jeff, like, disagrees on it. So, I don't know. We just haven't got there yet. And, Gary, I am working on a cleaner engine. I will never shave the engine bay. Yeah, but, fair. It's not your deal, man. I get it. Right. But we, I am thinking about you know and i started actually you saw part of it at ponies in the front corner kind of yeah. kind of work my way around and clean it up as i go a little bit but so what would you no, change what you're doing, Gary? Man, i really like your car john i'm a big fan the only thing i dislike about your car is like i know you guys disagree with me on this but like i love the interior of the 86 i like the gauges i love the interior I know you guys i'm with you it. bro you guys hate with it. You. so like he has this amazing like 86 and you're like what is this inside i ah. But that's just that's my style. Like, I, but again, I only might like the '86 because that's what I've always had, and that's what I like got accustomed to. Yeah, I, I like the interior other, man, too. I love the color. I love the stance. You know, I love the rims. Like your rims look better on your car than my rims look on my car, for whatever reason. No, no, just the stance no. or whatever it is. I don't. know. Have you ever seen it in person? Yeah, yes, they're purple. Look at Jesse. They're purple, dude. Purple. <laughs> your wheels are a hundred times that's better. That's the thing about them is like. When you're 10 feet away, they look black. Like, they only probably look purple if you ride up on them. Yeah. I yeah. love your car, Come man. Come on, now what, Jess? What? Uh, now hey. what? Because I, I know for a fact that there was a time where you said, holy shit, I thought those wheels were black. No, I thought oh, they were shit. brown. I thought they were doo-doo brown. I never said black. <laughs> Eggplant purple. You said black. Maybe. Eggplant purple is accurate, bro. Yeah, that's accurate. You know what's no, hilarious is that sticker that I have of his car out of my garage has purple wheels on it. No, it has it has has California raisin wheels on it. <laughs> <What? Too funny. laughs> so that's uh, Brian, Brian, got, Brian hit the nail on the head with the California. It's not raisin. fair that it's, we don't. It's I've not, had it's not, go ahead. I've had enough of car talks. We're fifty damn minutes in, and we got a fast end for this man. Oh, here, here it is. is. Are you going to oh, make an animal okay. noise, John? No, would you rather? Oh, yeah. So you're going to make a noise. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make a noise. I don't know oh, if you can do man. it. <laughs> man with no kids, I don't know if he's going to be able to do this or not. But I know you, you had to have seen the movie, okay? So, no, Jesse, it's a fast 10. And, yes, I counted the shit, and there are 10 of them, okay? Good. All right. Now, I want you to keep count, though, okay? I don't want to do that. All right. So, Gary, first thing, what does a minion sound like? A minion? Yeah. Is that the shit from the cartoon? Don't they mumble? are they like, Yeah, that's exactly what they do. Man, I've never really seen it, but I've seen the commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sound a lot like John, actually. Man, I love how you guys bust each other's balls just for no reason. You're like, and you're the target. Wham. It's like a game of whack-a-mole. We're just like, everybody pops their head up, you just get pegged right on the head. Yeah, dude. We, we just look right. for an excuse. Yeah. Hey, we do that at shows, too, so you should come out so we can give you <laughs> hell, too. <laughs> All right, so do you have any tattoos? I do. All right, so the next tattoo you get. Oh, it's got to be a pinup. Is it going to be Snow White or Cinderella? Man, I got to go with uh, Cinderella. Yeah, who wouldn't? I oh, mean, yeah. she's a poor girl that made good. Like, how are you not going to be a fan of that? Right, for sure. Heck, yeah. All right, so shoes. Let's get dressed up a little bit. 
Size seven, is that your size? No. <laughs> yes, it is, bro. His feet are like this big. <laughs> it's amazing he's 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 he can carry He's so tiny. Yeah, see, what size shoe you wear? 11 and a half, a fracky. Oh, shit. You don't either. <laughs> what size do you wear, little fella? Who? Gary, what size do you wear? I wear size 11. Okay. I'm a grown I'm man. You know. some shoes. I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm a grown man. What size are my damn Nikes? Hang on a minute, damn it. Nine, bro. Size are these bitches? Nine. Blown <laughs> out. So dirty. We're ten and a half. Oh, yeah, please. Oh, Just because they're ten and a half, don't mean you wear a ten and a half. <laughs> All right. Next question: Shoes. White Velcro New Balance. Christ. Or. <laughs> The old retro Phyllis. Oh, definitely the Jamal Mashburn Phyllis, man. I had a pair of those. <laughs> They're cool, 100%. right? Oh, my God. That's no pop-off shoe, though, right now. I'll never wear a, a New Balance, bro, ever. No, man. I'm not 75, man. That's, no, like, no. that's for, like, Corvette drivers. If I got to drive a Corvette, I wear New Balance Velcros. <laughs> I hear you. So you're riding around in a Corvette. Yeah. If I had a Corvette, I'd wear New Balance, 100%. Right, so you're wearing those New Balances, you're riding around in that Corvette. Are you listening to Patsy Klein or the Judds? Oh, definitely the Judds, 100%. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, your car, you're driving a VW Thing or an AMC Gremlin? Oh, Thing, absolutely. I would buy a Thing. If somebody I had a good deal on a Thing, I would buy one. Yeah, they are cool, man. So yeah. I wonder, you know, uh, what was those amphibious vehicles? Uh, oh, the uh, amphibious car. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the thing is kind of boxy, like that car. Yeah. I wonder if you could. I wonder if you could make those jokers waterproof, where you could get those in the. Because that would be a cool car to take out on the river. You know what I'm saying? Be pretty cool. Anyway, uh, all right. Your food. I, I don't know if Tom knows what these are or not. Uh, you know what a century egg is? A century egg? I do not. No. So the Chinese, nothing. they have a century. So they take those eggs. They're usually a, uh, I think it's a turkey egg. They'll take them and they'll make them, they'll put them in some ash or something, I think. And they let them age for like a hundred years. And they're a huge del delicacy over in you know China, of course. Okay. So you eat a century egg or some Rocky Mountain oysters. Oh, dude, I'm from Montana, dude. I Rocky Mountain oysters. I grew up eating those things, man. You ever had them? Hey, no. No. Do you know what they are, Tom? Hell no, I don't. John John usually Do takes the, the human version of that. Bullshit. Do you know what a, you know what a Rocky Mountain oyster is, Jesse? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You like the guy version of it. All right. Now tell me what it is. Four balls. Dude, so, so true story. I grew up in Montana, and we would brand cows. And Fuck so that. when you make a when you make a bull into a steer, you gotta cut his balls off right there. We'd cut the balls off and then we'd go cook them right there on the branding iron. Eat them. <laughs> Look at Tom's face, dude. Tom, in an honest moment, if I gave you one and told you it was a chicken nugget, you wouldn't know the difference. You, you, if you told me a chicken nugget, that's fine. I'm not eating balls knowing they're balls, bro. <laughs> you think it was a chicken nugget, like, this is delicious. Can I have another one? You'd have like 10 or 12 of them in there. John and I'd be over there laughing our asses off at you. I see Tom over there licking on it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That's, what worse than, mm. that's worse than some of the shit Mario was mentioning. 
Oh God, yeah. Tom, you so know that the first time you killed a deer, you took the scrotum, put on a shift knob of your car. No, dude. when you kill a deer, you cut its fucking nuts off and you hang it on a tree for good luck. We don't fucking yeah. swallow its fucking nutsack, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my God. So your Holy. favorite sport, is it croquet or chess? Chess. Chess is not a fucking sport. Well, hell it ain't. <laughs> they have a damn competition of chess. It's not a fucking sport. Like I'm, it's a sport. What else would you call it? Not a fucking sport. Like a mind well, game. Call it then. Give me a damn name for it. Put it in its genre. Where does it belong? Uh, I don't know. Fucking mind game. It's not a, a sport. A sport is what it is. Jesse, you consider chess a sport? No. Jesse's Nor do I consider cornhole or bowling a sport either. But Both of those are more sports than fucking chess. Tom. Tom. Oh, Jesse's that was a shitty question. Matter to me. What that was a <laughs> shitty question. <laughs> what movie are you watching? The Titanic or Far and Away? Oh, man, that's a good one. You got that honey at the house. You're trying to impress her. I think Titanic would probably do a better job as a single man getting me where I need to be. You think so? I think Yo, so. That movie pisses me off. It's so long, it's nobody's going to make it through the whole movie anyway, so you know it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You are right. Someone's going to be sounding like a penguin is what's going to be happening. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, man. So, that cobra, you're going to go out and you're going to get it wrapped, okay? Oh, Christ. Are you going to wrap it like the Lightning McQueen? Or... The little red and yellow car that kids get, the little plastic car. Oh, man. Oh, the cozy coop. Yeah, the cozy coop. You're going to wrap it like it or Lightning McQueen? Which one? I'm going to go Lightning McQueen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would look cool, actually. Yeah, it'd probably be all right. Yeah, why don't you do that? That'd be cool. <laughs> Post a pic when you get it done. I'll get right just on get it. a rendering done of it. Yeah, just there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, so if there were no car, okay, there was no such thing as a tire. There was no such thing as a wheel. Nothing like that. Ever invented. Okay. And you were the size of an ant. Which would you rather ride? A dung beetle or a cockroach? Oh, man. <laughs> I guess a dung beetle. I don't really have an answer for that one. I mean, you're going to be smelling shit. Well... Dung beetles push he shit ate, around. He eats balls, bro. It don't make a difference. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, he eats nuts. <laughs> so, so really, they do taste like chicken, though? Tastes like chicken, man. You couldn't tell the difference. A little chewier, maybe, like a chewy piece of chicken, but yeah. Nah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm surprised you're out, John. You'll fucking eat anything. Man, they have contests in Montana legitimately like Rocky Mountain Oyster eating contests. To oh, see who can awesome. eat the most pounds of it in one setting. It's a thing. No shit. It's got yeah, to be a Kentucky thing. Uh, it's a Montana thing. Oh, Montana thing. Okay. Dude, growing up in Montana is sick, though. You like fish and hunting and all that? All the time, man. I told you, Tom, we're going out to uh, Texas tomorrow to go shoot hogs yeah. out of a helicopter. Yeah, that's sick, dude. That's cool. It's real oh, yeah. cool. You going to post some of that on your Instagram? I probably will. It'd be pretty cool not to, not to, you know, up in the no helicopter, shit. a new toy in the helicopter, like come out in Vietnam, just like shooting out of it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Sweet Vietnam music, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You got to have some 70s music playing in the background. Or Metallica yeah. 1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't need them as much. Yo, so what, is, what do they charge you for that shit? Man, so a friend of mine actually owns a big ranch, an oil ranch, that oil and cattle in Texas. And, like, we're going out to his place, and he's got all the stuff squared away. So normally probably five or ten grand, but for us, like, just calling in a favor. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. You don't have to pay for fuel for the helicopter, no shit? Nothing. No, man. He's taking care of everything. Dude, that's awesome. Real awesome. So a little bit more about your background. I'm kind of curious about you said you're you, you own your own kind of business. Company. Yeah. Uh, when when did that start? How long how long you've been doing that? So uh, I grew up in Montana, went to University of Kentucky and I graduated in 2002. And in 2003, I started working for a firm, uh, an investment firm. And uh, in 08, myself and a couple of my buddies started our own practice in uh, 2009, I guess it was. And we've been managing it ever since. We've got like uh, 43 employees, handful of different branches, different things. So been doing it a long time now, man. So, so you just kind of help people with their fi- like financial planning for the future is kind of what you do? Yeah, typical guy retires, you know, he's retiring from wherever he worked at. And he's got, you know, our average client's probably one to three million. And we just help them manage it like in their 401k when they roll it over. We help them manage it and make all the right choices, do all that stuff. Damn, dude. So, like, you're, like, smart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good with numbers. I don't know if I'm smart, but I'm good with numbers. Smarter. (laughs) So where do people fall in, like, who don't? All right, that's actually a good question for you since you're a financial planner, bro. And we were yeah. just we've been talking about this. We should have talked about this earlier. Yeah. So some I was questioning, me and John had a little bit of disagreement. I was saying that, you know, it's hard for guys to leave their jobs and all that because of uh, you know, retirement plans and all that stuff. So let's say that you work someplace that you don't have a retirement plan and you don't have a company contributing your 401k or you maybe you don't even have a 401k. What should people do? Like, say you have no 401k and you have no pension plan. Like, what do you do to start retiring? I mean, you're in a world of trouble, obviously. Uh, I mean, you got a pension in yours. I'm already talking about it. So you're in good shape. Right. But I mean, the average guy that's in that spot, I mean, the best they can do is start putting money in a Roth IRA, but that's not going to get you to retirement. I mean, that's only 6500 a year. Right. So a lot of guys are just say, well, I'm going to work till I'm dead. So screw it. I mean, the majority of all people have 401ks now. I mean, they're pretty much standard procedure. I mean, unless you're working part-time or even like McDonald's and Walmart have 401ks. So it's it's pretty standard that everybody's going to have one at this point. Yep. Right. Oh, interesting. Yep. But in your case, like you've mentioned several times, you know, your pension's a big deal because you're a union guy, right? Like my dad yeah. was a union guy. He was a boilermaker. So he's got a cushy little pension plus Social Security will kick in for him. So he's in pretty good shape, but... The majority of our clients that have pensions are in the best shape. Uh, you know, the ultimate one is like husband that has a 401k and wife is a teacher or a government worker has a nice little cushy pension. I mean, those are the ones that are in the best shape. What do guys yeah. do for health insurance? Oh man. Health insurance is a monster, dude. It's a retirement killer. Yep. Uh, I mean, the average client that's doesn't have like some clients have companies they work for. Like there's a Toyota factory in Lexington that, a lot of my clients work for, and they have a pretty good deal in retirement. In retirement, they'll pay like 200 bucks a month for, for medical. But the average guy that doesn't like, you know, once he retires, he's kicked off. I mean, you're looking at a thousand a month for health insurance until you get to 65. 
man, it's just, it's cost of doing business. You'll see some of our clients will get like part-time jobs working at like Home Depot or something just to get the health insurance and give them something to do. But man, it's a, it's a retirement killer for sure. John, when he says that, what do you think about that? Because you had a different um, opinion about that last time we talked about this. What? About health insurance. You said it wasn't a worry. Um, I mean, in so many words, it's not a worry. I mean, you know, I have, uh, I have contractor friends that don't have health insurance. They don't have it. No, no. Cause they pay out of pocket when they go. I mean, think about it. What's the average person's. What do you spend when you go to the doctor? On average. I don't know. What do you, I mean, what's your copay? Five bucks. How much do you pay for insurance every month? It's, I don't even know. It just comes out. I bet, not, copay, I bet you $100 your copays at least 40 bucks. No, it's not. What is it? 10 bucks? $5? I'm not really going to go into all that on here, but it's cheap. Okay. So <clears throat> my point is, is you pay, you pay for a health insurance, correct? Yeah. And that health insurance, sometimes $300 a week. I've seen guys pay 300 bucks a week for health insurance. I pay $10 a week. Okay. So that's good. I mean, you've got a company that you work for that allows that. I, I used to work for Woodford or grocery company, $348 a week for health insurance. What did that right. company do for me? What did that do for me? That, that's regardless. I'm saying I used, I used my health insurance one time a year, mostly. You know, sometimes that, that's that's regardless. That's when you were younger. You, health in, health insurance as you get older becomes more important. Wait a minute. What? Do you not Wait. understand that I have had I, I've had AFib since I was 27. I was going to say I'm sure I've you had, had insurance for had twelve cardioversions. Those aren't cheap. All right. I mean, listen, if you don't think people need it, that's just your opinion. I mean, it's not a it's not a thing that I don't think they need it. I think people should cater it to their lifestyle and what they need and what they want. You know what I mean? So if you're never sick, if you don't have health issues, you could save all the money that you pay into health insurance, put it up in a savings plan, put it up in, you know, put it up in the bank, hell, whatever. And then when you go and have to have something done, you've got money that you could pay for that. Right. All right. No, I mean, listen. Just curious because Gary said it's a. a, a it's a, a lot of damn money. It's a lot it's of a retirement killer, and I know that, that you have a different opinion about health insurance than most people do. So I was just curious to see what you thought about what Gary said being a retirement killer. Well, and the other benefit you get, well, I would say a benefit you get from insurance is that you also get a discounted rate, right? So if you go to the hospital, you don't have health insurance, you're going to get a procedure and be like, oh, it's a hundred grand. Or if you go in there, you have health insurance. Your health insurance company lobbies and on your behalf say, hey, well, you're only going to pay 40 grand for this. You can right, do right. that too, Jesse. You you have that right to do that as well. Okay. I mean, I've done it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, think, I think all three of us here, insurance. I think all out of all three of us, I think we, me, Jesse, and Gary probably have the same opinion on this that differs in John. You may have. You may have. Yeah, that's just interesting stuff. Yeah, so, man, so, so to answer John's question, just real briefly, like you definitely can self-insure and negotiate, you know, for example, let's say you get a $10,000 MRI or whatever the case of it is, right? Insurance is going to plead that down to seven mm -hmm. and they're going to pay five and you're going to pay two or whatever, whatever the number is, right? 
But if you go in there and say, I want to pay cash for this, they might do it for two. Yeah. Uh, that is a thing. But again, you're always at the peril of what is your issue? You know, if you have a heart attack or an ACL tear, like, you know, could be in trouble. Yeah. If you manage to be relatively healthy and can navigate that. Yeah. I mean, you can self-insure and come out ahead for sure. The other thing you can do, and I tell people this all the time is like a lot of the hospitals, especially like if you're in a university town and you have a university hospital and you know, you get a $10,000 bill from them, you can set it up on auto pay for a hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And they will let you pay that hundred dollars a month interest free until the cows come home. And you don't do anything about it. So I tell my clients that all the time of call them up, say, I want to set up a payment plan. They'll give you a number, 150, 200 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is. And they'll just let you pay it. They won't, they won't ask you, they want to insure you nothing. Um, Rather than taking out $10,000 out of your retirement account, paying it off. Like that's Mm -hmm. very common. And most people don't realize that. Yep. There you go. Good info. It's good info, man. So did you always want to do this, Gary? You always wanted to be a financial planner or you just realized you had a niche for it? No, I always wanted to do it. When I was a kid, I'll tell you a funny story. So when I was a kid, I was in like eighth grade, maybe seventh grade. A friend of our family uh, was over at his house and he had some paperwork laying there on the table. And I was kind of a nosy kid. So I was snooping around in it and it had the McDonald's logo on it. And, you know, as a kid, McDonald's was like the greatest thing on the planet. Right. And so I asked him, what is that? And he goes, oh, I bought some McDonald's stock. And I asked him like, well, how do you do that? Right. And he goes, well, I got a guy that uh, that I buy it from. So I started asking him questions and I was like, well, what does he do? And he's like, well, this guy like gives me advice on what stocks to buy. And then he buys them and I pay him a fee. Right. And I said, so what if you pick your own stocks? I was like, you still got to pay him a fee. And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, what if you make money? Well, then you got to pay him a fee. And I was like, well, what if you lose money? He's like, I still got to pay him a fee. And I go, so let me get this right. There's a guy that if he picks the stock, he gets paid. If you pick the stock, he gets paid. If you make money, he gets paid. And if he loses money, you get paid. I was like, I want to do what that guy does. And so he introduced me to that guy and I started to study for it and I went to college for it. It's no shit. It's the greatest job in the world, man. Like it's, it's not easy to be successful at it. I mean, it's not different than John selling insurance. The first five or 10 years are a struggle. Like you're grinding it out, doing everything you can to get business. But once you get up your base, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good gig. I mean, it's very stressful at times, obviously, but it's a good gig. There you go, Jesse. That sounds like a new career for you, bro. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'm not trying Jesse's to work that personality lands that perfectly, Tom. I, I'm not trying to work that hard, dude. Dude, did you did you got any more applications in? It's I'm not I, think gonna, you take a, I think you should take a year off. Jesse, I'm what's not, the story? You just retired from the military? Is that is that what I understand? Yeah, I just retired from the Navy well, a week ago today, actually. Did you get your 20 years in? Is that the deal? I did 28. 28. No shit. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So a lot it's of this stuff- a cushy contract job selling uh, generators back to the military or something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's not a lot of those opportunities out here, but I, I got a couple of things working. We'll see what turns out. Hopefully we'll have some good news by the end of the week. What was that, hey, what was that movie? Them guys that uh, did they, uh, what was it? Uh, weapons uh, sales? Oh, uh, was, that? was it War, War Dogs? War, War Dogs. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah, that's what you can do, Jess. I know. <laughs> so, Gary, out of all the cars you own, what is the fo- what is your absolute favorite car? Man, dude, that people ask me that question all the time, and man, it, it, it's such a challenging one because the Range Rover is the most amazing vehicle on the planet. Like, if you've ever been in one, you just get in one, and it's smooth, and it's amazing, and it has all the amenities, and it's awesome. Um, 
Shockingly, the one that probably gets the most attention is the 77 FJ. Like it's just, it's a unique car that it gets a lot of attention. Uh, If I had to pick my favorite one of all time, like, dude, I'm, I'm a sucker, man. It's the Mustang because it's my baby. I mean, I've had it since I was a kid. Right. Right. So where do you keep these things? (laughs) It's always a good question too. Right. Uh, Man, I keep three of them in my garage and then a buddy of mine has the FJ and then the Range Rover just sits outside the poor thing. But for now, anyways, we're getting ready to build a, uh, a shop, something similar to what Infamous Project has, something about that size. To yeah. Put some stuff in with, some, with my business partners because they've got they've got some cool toys, too, man. They've got some boats and some campers and some RVs, uh, some different things. So sort of a universal storage unit for, for all the cool toys. All right. Now, more serious question. Yeah, because life. What'd you say? What'd you say? Uh, life did whatever it was. You're not married. You don't have kids. And you, it don't seem like you plan on it. God, God did not choose that path for me. That's right. So you have brothers or sisters. I have a little sister. Yeah. So if something were to happen to you, where does all these vehicles go? Man. So that is the best question you've asked all night. Uh, I coach the, uh, the university of Kentucky. I coach the rugby program here. And so we do a lot of mentoring with the boys and we've got some trust and different things. So I actually have a trust set up that all of my assets, except for the Mustang, the Mustang has a separate place, but all the rest of the assets go into the trust to start scholarships for underprivileged kids. Dude, that is awesome. That's awesome. So, so they would be sold. I I take it right. And then that money. I've got some rental properties and stuff. They could be capped and produce income, but yeah, they all go into the trust and then there's managers of the trust that would select what, how to, how to manage the funds. But yeah, set up for scholarships, some for the rugby program and then some for kids, much like myself or much like you two that come from tough upbringings that need, need a chance. Just need somebody to throw them a bone so that they can get ahead. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's real awesome. What about the Mustang? (laughs) Man, the Mustang uh, presently is going to be under the care of my business partner and his family. Uh, man, that, that thing's got to go somewhere that I know somebody's going to take care of it. Right not, your, not your sister? No, absolutely not. She would, uh, <laughs> she, she would put some like 15 Rockford Fosgates in it and like God knows what. Like How old is she? Ice, a pink dash. Like who knows? She would mess it up. How old is she? Uh, she's 32. She's not outgrown that shit yet? No, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> I've got a question. We, we, know what, we found out what your favorite car is of your own. Yes, sir. So minus, minus the guys on the screen. Can't right. choose any of ours. What car would you own other than your own out there? Box bottle. Box bottle. All right, man. I'll give you two that I – I'll give you three that I like and then the one that I, that I, would, that I would drive. Okay. Uh, Obviously, Tony Frank's car, I like that one, but it's a lot like mine. It's 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 nice. Uh, man, the Coupe Frostbite, that white one, like, I wouldn't want it, but I think it's cool as hell. Like, it's definitely not my style, but it's super cool. Uh, but, dude, I like Kenneth Sean's car, man. I think, like, I'm a color guy, right? He's got the chrome and the blue. Like, I just think it looks cool. Like, I would drive it. I would own it. Like, something about it, man. It's just cool. But now, in fairness... The only Mustangs I've ever seen in person, really, are the ones where ponies in the Smokies. So my, my selection is not nearly as vast as your guys's. That's interesting. That's I mean, you really haven't gone to shows or anything. No, man. I'm, 
We got to get your ass out of the house, son. <laughs> the hell. <laughs> now, man, there's there's some cool ones out there, man. I tell you, uh, that fiddle. What if fan, I told you there's a lot of chicks? He's doing some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. He he seems like he's doing some pretty cool custom stuff on that. I, I can't wait to see it done. Look at you guys. What do you guys got? An inside joke? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of one. Story. Yeah, we'll I'll tell you, you, I'll tell you after the pod's over. How about that there, Hot Rod? All right, fair enough. Fair I've got enough. that there, Hot <laughs> It's just, what if I told you there's like a bunch of chicks at these shows? Would you come to them? Man, there ain't no chicks at no Mustang shows. I That's guarantee not true. That's not true. That's not true. an exotic car show, there's chicks there. But there's no chicks at classic cars, Mustang shows. It's okay, so how about this? How about this? How about... You're right. At like exotic car shows, there's gold diggers, but there's Fair. actual good, you know, <laughs> earthly people at yeah, uh, Mustang yeah. shows. Yeah. Man, I've always said the girl, if I were ever to get married, which again, I don't think that's the path God chose for me, but if I were ever to get married, I would be somewhere in my FJ and some girl would come up and know all about that FJ. That would be like, okay, this is a girl that, that knows her business. She could probably, she could probably fit in my world. Because that's such a it. unique car to know about. Now you're going to have every damn girl in the world damn studying. FJs. Well, yeah, we're 14 countries. What you talking about? Russia calling me up. Yo, don't answer that call. I'm not going to say nothing about that. <laughs> Dude, can you believe it's hard to believe that people over the globe listen to our dumbasses. Yeah. How many people, I know you guys don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but how many, how many people like you get the specs on like how many people listen to a typical podcast? It's, it's really probably the most, it's, uh, how you put it, it's the hardest thing to track yes. ever because there's it's so many, like you, it's not like YouTube, like YouTube's super clean. Like you can look at a video and tell how many people watch that video and things like that. Right. Um, but I would say that, uh, podcasts so, have several different areas that it pulls it like like spotify will show you numbers apple will show you numbers and they they're never updated exactly on certain times or anything like that they're not updated real time i will tell you that from december through march or april week to week we grew like 30 percent a week really yeah and it's and what did jen say this weekend tom we're like the number 10 automotive podcast in the world or something yeah really yeah it's there's a lot a lot of people listening to it yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of insane to be honest with you. Well, you but guys I think cover, I, like, man, one of the reasons I love you guys cover a vast. I mean, you talk about cars, obviously, but you talk a lot about a, a lot of stuff that the typical forty to fifty year old guy, which is probably mostly your audience, they're dealing with right kids, yeah. wives, finances, like right. trials and tribulations. Should I get a supercharger? Should we family go on vacation? Like the answer is always supercharger. Always supercharger. <laughs> <laughs> supercharger. Not even a damn fair question. What are you talking about? Get a supercharger. Right. Do a state. Get your wives on here. We might have a different answer, right? Like, why, well, you're buying what? I think John's said it right about twenty thousand times, but I'll kind of echo him. And when we go to shows, man, like like even this weekend, like. I remember I talked to people and I'm like, after I walk away, I'm like, fuck, man, was I rude to that guy? Like, I was really yeah. short. Did I get enough, you know, like I sometimes feel like, like I don't give, give enough time talking to people and I feel like shit, man, I hope I, I didn't come across rude or like not, you know, into the conversation. It's just, there's so much going on and you're running here, you're running there, talking to this person, this person. So the reason 
I like this is because you and I would at a show would never get to talk like this. It's proven. I met you there and it was right. what we talked for five, five minutes and it was on, yeah. but I never knew what you did or anything like that. Well, so you know, what's interesting of- with that too is, is that like, and I think, you know, obviously Tom is uh, like a pariah in the community, but for the rest of us, regular people, um, it was interesting. Wait, I'm a regular person. You and I don't included, understand what a pariah is. Don't worry about it. But at the end of the day, like it was just really interesting yeah, this weekend for like people to be like, hey, oh, you're Jesse. Oh, I like it when you do this or how you, you know, keep Tom in order or whatever the case is. And it's, just, it's super interesting um, you know, that people listen to us do what we're doing. And then, you know, it was really humbling to be able to give an award out uh, this weekend for a yeah. car that we chose that we liked. And, and really, if you think about it, if you break, if you distill this down, to the actual like nuts and bolts of what this is. This was literally, and Tom just said it basically that it was the three of us talking one day after a car show and saying, Hey, we don't like that. We can't spend as much time with everybody that we want to. So we have people on, we have real conversations. You get to know that person better. And, you know, I said it at um, chocolate Fox that cars are just a reason to be in a relationship with somebody, you know, and you get to know more about them and things like that. So all that to say that it's really interesting that just us having a conversation, getting to know people is become what it is. You know, I mean, we've got a tent at car event. Like it's nuts to me. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, so and I've heard John say it a hundred times, you know, I really don't care if there's one person that listens or 2000 people that listen. Um, it's awesome to get to know people in the community. And I think that Fox body community is probably one of the best in the entire car, you know, sphere really. I agree with that. Not just because I own them. And what's cool is like, we learn shit too. Like I learn shit. Like I, now I know I a guy. Guess you won't explain to me what the hell a damn pariah. You got Google motherfucker. Just like I do. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Jesse could drop F bombs. Now he's retired. What bro. Pariah. He's you guys got to realize too, that like everybody knows you all. I mean, we listen to the podcast. Like we know your intimate details, right? I mean, be honest. Right. But you don't know us for anything. So is it ever weird like when somebody comes up and like they know all this information about you and you're like, dude, who the hell are you? I, I, why are you creeping me out a little bit? Like that's got to be a thing, right? No. Um, it doesn't bother me one bit because I feel like I feel like if if I'm fake as shit, say I come on here and I'm fake as shit and I just try to be all professional and sell everybody a bag of goods. You know what I mean? And oh, buy this steering wheel and oh, buy this wheel and buy this seat and buy this spoiler, like all you know, whatever. Uh, it's just fake shit. Like, if if John and I come on here and Jesse and we come on here and we're honest and open about ourselves, other people hopefully will will be too. You know, uh, we're not about being fake. So I mean, I don't want people listening to me who don't fucking like me. Like, if you don't like me, don't fucking listen. And this is who I am. This is how I talk. If you don't like it, kiss my ass. You know. Here, here's the deal. It's not at the end of the day. To me, and, and and I firmly believe the other two on the screen up here believe this too. At the end of the day, it has nothing to do with the damn car. Right. I mean, it does, but mostly I mean, the cars. The, the car is the the car is the picture. Yeah, the car is the linkage, right? That's, that's the commonality. The that's, that's what people are looking at, right? Yeah. But in all reality, that person that's looking at your car wants to know more about you. Then they do that damn car. Man, right. Like, something you guys definitely hit on that, that honestly, I would have never thought about. Cause I was like, I want to know about these cars. But you start to get the backstory on the guy. Like, you guys have fascinating stories. I mean, John, your story is like 
book worthy. I mean, it's a hell of a story, right? And yeah. like, that's pretty fascinating, right? And I, shockingly enough, if you get a good enough backstory, it definitely draws you in far more interesting than, you know, what kind of rims you got on your car, whatever the case of it is, which I never would have guessed until I started listening to the podcast. Right. Yeah. And, and not for nothing, like you're, you're, a per, you're a great example, Gary, of like everyone sees your Instagram. Everyone talks about your car. I can listen, going to ponies. Everybody knew it was coming. There was yep. buzz about it coming to ponies. Yep. No one even knows what the hell you look like, bro. Like, I kind of like to keep it that way. No, but I'm just saying like, like who's this blank check guy? What does he do? Like, how did he build this car? Like people can listen to this and get a little insight on you. That that's the goal. Ultimately. hundred yeah, percent. Well, and the thing is too, I think you share, everybody shares their story and there's inspiration in it. Right. So who knows, man, there's, there might be that kid out there right now thinking of the same thing. He's like, Hey, I really want to go to school for financial planning or whatever it is. Right. And he's, this is the podcast. He's like, man, I need to reach out to Gary and see what challenges did you encounter? How did you know this was free? You know, like just getting to know those things that help our community, I think as a whole, um, you know, super beneficial. Or like, Someone like Jesse, who's just retiring, you know, maybe he's like, what do I do with my money now? Maybe you, maybe you get a client out of this with a common interest in Mustangs and cars and you guys hit it off and you make some money with your business. And this guy feels, who knows where it goes, you yeah. know, but I don't know. That's the whole point of the whole, whole damn thing, you know? And I was nervous, Gary, when we first started doing this. <laughs> and I even said to John, oh. like, are, you, are you sure that we should? He blew my DMs up. I'm talking you guys uh, a lot of personal information. Like as time goes on and you get more comfortable, I mean, you guys have divulged more information yeah. and that's scary to have that out there. Right. I just I mean, actually, I would have never done it had I not heard the conversation you guys had with, with the guys two weeks ago, because I was like, man, that that's something that hits close to home. I feel like I want to talk about it. Otherwise, you know me, I'm, I'm a personal quiet guy. I would never said anything. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because it definitely is an interesting conversation. You guys have a good insight on it. But I, I told John, like, there's so much more that I could tell, and I'm getting there. But um, I have a shit ton that I could tell, too, guys. Just so y'all know. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much yeah, done. Way too much. I don't have anything it's, else to tell. It's endless. I what, if, I, if I said some of the shit that I could say, y'all would have way too much damn ammo. I will say that. <laughs> right. Something's been kept in the vault. Yeah, but I told him originally I was nervous about this because I, I was under the assumption that people wouldn't want to hear the personal sides. You know, it was they just wanted to hear about the car and that was it. Yeah. I was proven wrong, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like every week, I think, because I think all of us get messages or whatever, like, hey, thanks so much for, you know, this helped me or, yeah. you know, and it's really humbling, really, at the end of the day, because we're just... I mean, you're, you're here, you're part of your party up to it. You know, like we're just shooting the crap and just doing it. And then, you know, every week there'll be somebody say, Hey, thanks so much for saying this, or I struggled with that and you can relate to it. And uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, to say the least. Yeah, sure. I do want to pull it back though, because I do want to know yep. more about chocolate Fox. And I want to know about Jeff Johnson's car. Dude. Give me some backstory on this thing, man. <laughs> I've, I've seen it. Yep. I've chatted him up. Like what's the story with that car? Is it the real deal? Oh, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. It's, it's, how do I put this? So he's the original owner, which you know. Yeah. Uh, car sat in a field forever, pretty much. And pretty much almost every panel was replaced on it. Full rotisserie restoration. Jeff's a super big hearted guy. Super nice guy, man. You super got your nice tears. Guy. 
listen, he, you can't knock the guy, man. He, he busted all. his ass to build that that car. Heck you yeah. know, I mean, the when car is fruition, it was probably just, you know, when I tell you the car is mint from top to bottom, it is mint from top to bottom. Like there's there's really not a flaw in it. It's very um, it's very OEM plus, I guess we like to say, where it's a, a I think it's a perfect combination of new and old. That's my style, you know. Uh, it's hard car to explain in person, and I think, you know what I think. I think if that car, here's the thing: like certain colors, I think attract people a little bit differently, right? Like I feel like the two tone. I don't know how to explain this without it sounding like I'm, I'm bashing, but I'm not. I just feel the like it's not for color, everyone, right? See you right. Like, right. But dude, you got to see it in person. Honestly, I'm trying really hard to get them to come to, to Foxtoberfest with it because that car, that, that car's a good guy show winner. I'll put it like that. Is that good. It's that good. That car's it's, ridiculous in person. Yeah. Absolutely it's, ridiculous. It's a good guy show winner all day. It's a best in show winner anywhere it goes really. So how was shot that Fox, man? I saw some pictures. It looked like maybe the numbers were down a little bit or was that just the pictures? Um, so I think there was like 234 cars. I would say the numbers were down a little bit. I think a lot of it had to do with, um, I think a lot had to do with early on when they announced it was going to be in Harrisburg, Gary, I think people got really concerned about the area. Um, I saw a lot of buzz about that on the internet. I think I can honestly say, and Jess can, can vouch for this. The area is beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would add to that, that um, I would have zero concern leaving anything on that show field. They have I left my car cops I, patrolling up and down. I left day, my car on the show field all night long. Yep. In the parking lot, wide open all night long, left it there. It's the area is perfect for a car show. It can hold Security like was on point. Yeah, and like I 1100 cars, dead flat, all paved parking. It's everything you can ask for. for and I would say the pictures that you saw that it looks like the numbers were down was probably from Friday because it was, Friday was – I was a little concerned. Like I looked at Tom like, oh, dude, I don't know about this. But I think – correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but I think this is the first year where they actually had the show on Friday. Normally it's just a Saturday only. Yeah, so normally it's so, a Saturday – a Friday-Saturday show. Yeah. And but, this is the first year for two days. So, but Saturday, that place came alive. Like Tom yeah, said, I think that count was like 220, 230 cars, like – and nice cars too. And it was different, you know, especially if you continue like the same, you know, circuit of cars, like it was good to get to the Northeast and see some different cars. Yeah. So there's some real was, nice ones. Yeah. There's some no, real nice ones. I all listen, all my concerns about that place are absolutely gone. The place is a perfect place for a car show. I hope it grows. Cause you can't, you couldn't ask for a better place, John. It's everything that John Brooks would want in a car show. It's dead flat. Yep. No hills. We would need to get you oh, a scooter yeah. though when we pick the 5.0 silo. Yeah, I'm talking and about my fat ass can walk around and not have to. Oh, John. Probably the it's best. All paved. The best cheeseburger I ever had in my life was there. Mm, wow. At a brewery. Yes. It was the best cheeseburger I ever had in my life. So I hope uh, next year the numbers get pumped up, honestly, because it's it's perfect car show place, man. It's awesome. Maybe one of those that I have to put on the books for next year, I guess. You're not fucking going to come, bro. <laughs> it's a long haul, man. And you're not gonna come. It was. Yeah. I want to ask you a quick question, Gary. You you said you were gonna ship the car. That makes me nervous, man. Like, 
infamous ships his car all the time dude i get nervous on doing that shit you don't oh, get nervous you drive it <laughs> i'll trailer it myself yeah that'd probably be more risky <laughs> what do you use a hot shot i got a trailer, trailer but i don't know no, i'm not saying not if you if, car. if you ship it like who would you use would you just use like a hot shot or something Man, there's a guy that I've used in the past to haul some of my cars around. Does a pretty good job. I just use him. He's got an enclosed trailer. I've never had any issue with him. But yeah, man, you're taking a risk. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So I what's mean, your next car? Me driving it. That I know. What's your next car after now that this one's done? Man, Ferrari 458. That's that's, that's on the list. If you've ever seen one? I think they're the best super this car. Is looking it up now. Oh, I don't need to look it up. I know what it looks like. Do you, I, do you know what one looks like? You ever seen one in, in person, John? Hell no. What do those things go Over for? Over Alabama. Man, they go for 225 give or take. John, didn't you just say you saw a Ferrari go by your house not too long ago? Yeah, but it was Sierra. not. Yeah, it was a Sierra. Sierra <laughs> with a Lamborghini body <laughs> kit. Yeah. yeah, damn lie, Jesse. Man, one of the things you guys need to do if you ever get a shot is they have those, uh, those companies that come into those racetracks where you can, like, take one of the Lambos, Ferraris, McLarens out, do like three to five laps on like Indy racetrack or something like that. If you've never done that, highly I've driven, I've driven R8s on uh, Pokemon Wait. Speedway. Yeah, this man, R8, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. what was in Boaz. This car, this car was it. The four Yeah, yeah right. No, this was, yes, this is the damn car. Zero GT. Yeah. Dude, that's no a shit car, man. I, I swear to you, this is the car. You sure that, look up Corvette C8. <laughs> look, up, look up at your screen, Jesse. <laughs> oh, Corvette C8. Very similar. Holy it shit, does look dude. similar. That's fair. No, it's not that. I Price tag, not car similar. Yeah, not. Yeah. 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 Too funny. So with that said, we're about an hour and 30 in. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Gary? Man, I got I got one more question for you guys. I'm curious to Go get ahead, you man. on this. Yep. Go ahead. So you guys both big Mustang guys. Like I always tell my, my, my kids when I coach, like in life, you want to have like four or five legs to stand on, right? In case one gets chopped down, you know, you got four or five other ones to, to linger on, right? Whatever that might be. And you guys are big Mustang guys. Like that's your, that's, that's one, of, I would say it's one of your legs, right? So my question to you is this, do you like in an honest moment, do you both, feel the need to continue to like chase the horses with all the new cars that are coming up that are newer, cooler, different, more exciting to like stay relevant. Do you, do you feel the need to do that? Are you talking about Fox body builds or just oh. new, like yeah, Fox body builds? Yeah. yeah. So you want me to start this? Yeah. So number one, I don't, I don't, build my cars for everybody else i build it for me okay i could give a rat's ass what anybody likes about my car i could care less i build it for me uh that's number one number two i've won one award two awards by accident i say because i i, I don't i don't do the car show scene to win awards, to stay, you know, to be relevant. You know what I mean? To to have a relevant position in the Fox Body world or any any car genre world. You know, I won a top five cool pick at Rod Run out of hell. There was like probably you know a thousand cars there. You know, 
uh, I won uh, uh, best 87, or I'm sorry, uh, 79 to 87, believe it or not. Yeah, yours is a cheater. That's that's a tough yeah. category. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know why they why they stopped it at 87, but a local car show here, I won a best, you know, 79 to 87 car. And I'm like, why did y'all stop that at 87? You know, it should have been 86 and then 87 to, you know, 92 right. or 93. But um, I, I don't, I don't do the car show scene to 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 win awards or, or to stay to be relevant to to do any of that. I do it because I enjoy it. I do it because. So let me let me. I want to just ask John. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of echo Gary here. So you're doing your mini tubs? Why? Why? Because I love the way. That down no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just asking because it's a good. The question. wheel that it's a good, the wheel it's a good that question I chose, he asked, and I think it goes deep. Because the wheel that I, because the wheel that I chose was that I was able to dictate the width. Okay, that's number one, and the and and basically the style of lip and barrel and the whole nine yards, and I could put that where I wanted it. So it was like, okay, do I want to run an eleven wide wheel? You know, and, and, and honest to God, you can ask the man that's doing the whole thing for me. Uh, to start with, it wasn't going to be mini tub. Right. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, shit, uh, I'd be crazy not to go ahead and add two more inches to the wheel. That's what and mini tub it myself. I mean, I'm doing the mini tubs myself. You know, it's not a deal where I. Well, I don't want to get off that question because I think that's a fucking really good question. Because I think all of us. Are, I'm not going to say, so I'm a true believer in building the car for yourself. I truly mean that. Like, that's the reason my engine bay is not shaved. That's the reason I have no door moldings. I can go down a whole list of things. But to say that when you're this deep into the community and you're not influenced by other people, I'm not going to say that that's, I'm calling a little bit of bullshit subconsciously or, or whatever it may be. I feel like all of us that are in, in the game, John, don't shake your fucking head because you're full of shit and I'm going to call you out on it. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that to be a dick. What I'm saying is if you're on social media and you're checking out all these cars and new guys are coming out with new shit and you see shit, you're like, I'm not saying you're doing it to follow them. What I'm saying is your car is evolving because. Oh, yes. I, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on right. that. But to so if you, you really want to build a car for yourself, Gary, Delete your Instagram. Yeah, 100%. Build a car and then post it, right? Because if you don't, you're going to be you're going to be chasing dragons. That's the reality. <laughs> so, Tom, that's exactly how I did mine. Right. Well, that's that's fine, right? But you can't say that you don't see things that don't – you can't say that you don't see things when people do them and go, shit, man. Like, all right. To say that we'll use Jesse's car – Right with the flush mount glass. We'll use Jeff's car with the flush mount glass. We'll use Gary's car with the flush mount glass. You can't tell me other guys out there aren't like fuck, man. I got to keep up with these dudes. Oh yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure saying, they. Are. I'm not saying they're doing it like consciously, but kind of subconsciously. You see that stuff on social media. And I think you're subconsciously doing that. I think we all do that. Well, Would I you think agree it with inspires that? people because you know you think, you know. You know, take Gary's car, for instance, you know, like you said, the flush mouth glass, like 
the average Fox body person has no idea that that's even a possibility. And, and it's big in like the Camaro, you know, like the sixties, late sixties, early seventies, you know, GM cars, you know, get flushed around that's the glass, so all that stuff. But if you didn't see it on a Fox, you're like, Oh, I just don't think it could happen. Um, but they see that they're inspired by it. And they're like, Hey, how did you do that? You know, it's cost prohibitive still at this point, but you know, for your everyday person, I think to do it. But I think, again, that's one of those things, like Gary said, when he was building his car, he looked around, saw it was out there, drew inspiration for different things. Hey, I like right. these wheels over here. I like this over here. So I think both of you are, t- are saying the same thing. You know, you're, you're getting inspiration from other people to build something you like, right? Like John's saying. Um, right. So I do think, though, Jesse, that there is – there but is that's not what a, his question was his question. I know I'm, I'm getting right back to the answer to his question. Is that about what we me. do? Me directly? No, I don't do that. There was a time when I started to go down that rabbit hole though. You and I had that chit chat, didn't we? We did. There was a time when I definitely did do that. And I had to reel myself in. I mean, listen, you want a real answer that that's a real answer. Like I definitely did do that at one point. But then well, it was the like, question specifically to you, I guess, Tom, mostly because, like, I mean, let's be honest, like, you have the Fox body that's probably the most famous one in the world, as far as I'm concerned, right? Like, probably the most known one that, that I know of. I could be wrong, but from, from my personal opinion, the most well known <laughs> one in the world. So, like, do you feel pressure to be like, I got to stay at that top level? Because, like, I, I would, I would feel pressure. I, 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 pressure I, about it. I do and I don't. I do and I don't. A year ago, no, I shouldn't say a year ago. I would say probably two, two, three years ago, John. Three I got hours ago? <laughs> no, Pits. no. Pits. I do, but I do feel like, and and John kind of me brought this to my attention because there was a couple of shows like I'm not even gonna go. Like fuck that, I'm done going to these shows. And John kind of reeled me. I was like, you gotta go, man. Like people want to see the car. So I feel pressure to keep the car nice. Uh, for that reason, because you know, obviously, I want the car to look good when it shows up. You know what I mean? I don't want people to be disappointed in it. That's that's a real answer. Yeah, I do feel pressure as far as that's concerned. But as far as pushing the car forward, no, I don't. I, I feel like I'm going to do what I want to the car regardless um, what people think or say. And people may not like this new wheel setup I'm thinking about, but it is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do feel pressure as far as keeping the car nice and have it uh, when it shows up, it looks good. I think those but, new wheels are stupid. <laughs> but as far as changes to the car no i don't feel pressure i don't it, really i was just curious because i mean I, that seems like something that would be an easy path to go down i mean i'll be honest like when i was building mine like i wanted to build it how i wanted it but at some point i was like i want it to be the nicest one in the whole world like why would i not want that right yeah right right that's what i'm that's what i'm saying like i think subconsciously a lot of us do that I, I man, that that was probably the best question anyone's ever asked me on this podcast. Well, it's a question that's like in an honest moment, you're like, yeah, yeah, I fucking feel pressure. Of course, I feel pressure. Yeah, like, I mean, at the same time, you're like, I also want to enjoy my car, drive it, you know, and not have it in the shop all the time and all the different things. Yeah, I I think I think there's so much truth to that. I think that's probably the reason why, like, if I get stone chips and shit, like, I gotta have them fixed instantly. Like I have to keep the car nice, but I'm also the type of person where I'm never satisfied. 
right? Like I could have the most expensive thing in the world and I'll find something wrong with it and want to change it and make it better. Like it's never good enough for me and, and not, not to impress other people, but for me, that's with anything. Like that's I can always, that's what was that, John? I have to, I'm, I'm, I can't leave well enough alone. If that makes any sense. On the you same way. I'm always so you're also in a unique situation that you can actually do the work on your car. I'm totally helpless. So I yeah. can't do that. Well, I mean, but you know, it's, it's, uh, I think I would still have the sickness though to not be able to leave it alone. If I had, you know, pockets to where I could pay somebody to have that done. You know what I mean? I, I still think that it's going to be a deal where, I look at it and say, well, you know, you know, that black interior just, it looks good in the car. I loved my, you know, black interior, all black insides. I loved it. But to me, it just was missing something, you know, for myself, you know, because, because it didn't suit my personality, you know, who I am. And it doesn't suit the car's personality and what it's evolved into. You know, uh, I never intended to have purple wheels on my car, Jesse. You know, what I'm, I'm just saying? glad never you can finally admit it. I'm glad you can admit it. Uh, Thank you. But, <laughs> Thank you. But, Mark that I'm, down, Tom. 14427. Gary, I appreciate I appreciate that question so much because yeah. you got my brain spinning right now. You know what, Gary? Here's what I'll tell you about my opinion is I think it goes back to that old adage of uh you know high tide raises all ships. Right. And what I mean by that is you have somebody that comes out there like you. Right. Say your car came out this year at Pitts. There's people that were building their car um, or in the middle of their build and saw something in your car. Yeah. They're going to find a way to incorporate that. Something they didn't think about before. Right. And the same thing with Tom's car, Blue John's lights. car. Yeah. Well, I mean, that <laughs> ship has sailed. Somebody else kind of brought that out. But, you know, I think that every year that happens and those people draw inspiration from those other cars they see. So next year, the overall caliber of car gets better. And then the next year, and if you want to keep up, you know, you, you change those things. I, perfect example. And this isn't anything against anybody here. Cause truth be told, I want to do it to my car 100%. But what I would say as a Fox body fan, you know, what is the biggest trend that you've seen since the end of last year that happened to these big builds right now? Mini tubs and short and a rear axle. Yeah, I think that's the trend that's going to take us to the next year, and everybody's doing it great, and the people that are doing it are killing it. The fitment, the stance, everything, and I think that's appropriate. And especially if you're drawing inspiration for the pro touring community, um, it, it looks phenomenal. So yeah. I think that you know, I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think it's true you build the car for yourself, but you, I think you'd be lying to yourself if you said that there wasn't things that you saw walking around looking at somebody else's car right. that you were like. Oh man, I didn't think about doing that. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, right. I gain inspiration. Don't get me wrong. I gain inspiration yep. from others. Okay, I do do that. However, I don't. I don't incorporate that inspiration into my car to make my car better for somebody or for a better gain. In the right, yep. if that makes sense. Yep. Because Absolutely. I could give a rat's ass about a trophy. You know what I'm saying? My trophy. That's true. My trophy, and, and I'm, I'm being honest as I can be, my trophy is hanging out with you guys and, and the community and, you know, meeting 
and learning y'all stories and, and, you know, getting to know y'all as, as friends, as brothers, you know, that's, that's what I get out of it. You know, seeing, seeing that, you know, 12, 13 to 16 year old kid walk around the corner, you know, you know, I had this happen several times and Jesse can tell you because he's watched the video, you know, uh, when I was at uh, PRI, my car was on the floor at PRI. You know, you see the the young kids walk around the corner and they see your car and they just freaking light up like a light bulb. It's like, oh my god, that's what I want. You know, dude, I will tell you, and kids you love kids love yellow cars. It's they amazing. Love, yes, yes. School bus yellow. <laughs> yes, school bus yellow. But it, it, you know, that's that to me is everything. That's what it's all about. That's what we should all be doing is inspiring these kids to want to keep. I try my best to every show. Ain't no one can say yeah. I don't. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but I think that's a such a cool conversation you brought up, Gary. Mm-hmm. Such a cool conversation. For sure. For sure. I feel like, um, man, it's, I, I think we're going to end up touching on this again, on that one again, I think, to be honest with you. It just strikes me like from the outside looking in, you know, being first year in that, if, if it was like, you know, a big deal, it would be, it would feel pressure to, to build, continue to build, continue to press, continue to like be top of the top of the heap. I would feel that pressure hundred percent. I, I think I, like I said earlier, I definitely used to much more than I do now. That's when I was, I was like, I want to, I had an approach in the beginning when it was like, I want to be the baddest. Here's the thing. There's no such thing as the baddest. Nope. Because you want to know why these cars are so any car, it's so subjective. It's just sure. boils down to taste, right? Like John could love your car and not like mine. I can love John's car, and not like yours. It's just personal opinion. And yeah. if you chase trophies looking for some kind of status or whatever, you're gonna do two things. One, you're gonna broke and you're gonna you're fucking you broke. <laughs> and your heart rate's going to be through the roof and you're going to hate your life and hate the, and hate the hobby. One, you're yeah. going to be disappointed because you're not going to get that trophy. No, because the people it's... that want things the most usually don't get it. You know, the people that right. chase certain things don't get it. The people right. that are a little more, um, I'm not going to say lackadaisical, but where it's not a driving force, it just, it, it becomes a result. You know, it's okay, cool. Hey, I won. That's cool. Like that so guy was this question. Again, this is more your house than mine. In the Fox Body world with the car shows, do you think there's a he's already won one that we should give it to somebody else? Is that a thing? I don't I don't know the answer to that. One hundred and ten percent. It seems logical, right? Yeah, yeah. One hundred and ten percent. Because I mean, so, nobody wants to go to a car show where the same car wins every award. But like, listen, there's politics in everything. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, there's a good chance I could go to good guys and win. I just won a amazing award that i never thought a fox buddy would ever win true story i may never win a fox buddy show again as long as i live with this car could be like the michael jordan mvp award back in the day who's the best player in the league not michael jordan who can we give the mvp to yeah that's i mean listen i i I think there's a lot of truth in it honestly yeah yeah i think and i'm not just saying that uh, i think when cars get to a certain status um people don't vote for them you know, and they, you know, and that's fine. Like everybody should have their turn, you know, that's how I see it. But I think, I think, yeah, I think 100%. I 
I was just curious. Again, like not not having been to many car shows like that, I don't know the answer. I was just curious. What, it seems logical. That's how it would work. What do you think, Jesse? What do you think, Jesse? I think that um, I think there's a lot of truth in what Gary said. I mean, I think that as a guy, it, you know, as people that are building cars, they don't want to. They want to think they have a chance to win, right? And if you show up at the same shows or you show up to a multitude of shows and the same person wins and you're just like, well, what the heck, dude? Like, I can't get ahead. So I think there needs to be that beacon of hope. But, you know, and you and I had this conversation this weekend, Tom. I think the other side of that coin is if your car's the biggest, baddest bitch out there, then come dethrone me. It's like hanging the mountain, right? Right. Like, hey, this is my car. There's no secrets. It's out here. You can come. If you want to beat me, you come to this show. You look at it. You scrutinize it. You figure it out. And then bring what you got. Well, so here's what I'm going to say about that. Here's what I'm going to say about that. Fox Buddy shows Gary are pure voting for the most part. Are they? Again, I don't know. I don't know if there's like yeah. five judges that were experts or if it's literally like turning a ballot. So so it's pure People's voting, choice. which, which you, you know, some people love it. Some people disagree with it. But the reality is a lot of people aren't going to realize some small details on some. They're not going to notice your, your wing. Right. Right. They're not going to notice a lot of the small details on your car. They're just not, you know, and that your gaps are proper, that your paint's proper, you know, all the work that went into your deck lid, your flush mount glass. They're not going to notice it. You know, they're going to notice the color. Yeah. Rims. Right. Do you like a shaved engine bay? Do you not like a shaved engine bay? Do you like Celine wings? Do you not like Celine wings? That's what they're going to notice. No, I'm being truthful. Do you like BBS wheels? Do you like forge line wheels? Like, has nothing to do when it's pure voting with the actual quality of the work. Well, and the other thing is too, especially in Fox body, I would say it's Fox body specifics is there's a, it's in a transitional phase now, right? Because guys of our age have the resources now to get a car and build it to this, the degree that they want, right? Your car, Tom's car, the one owner car, like all these cars that are high dollar, high value builds that have nuanced things, right? Your average Fox body person that's running over there, you know, that hasn't quite ascended where the community is headed, doesn't notice those things. They don't see the value in it. Like you can see it all the time. The Fox body, you know, Facebook right. page is like, oh, there's no way that car's worth more than $1,500. I did this, I, you know, like. I don't understand the argument in the first place because if you have one of these cars and you just saw one sell for 30 times what you think it's worth, why would you not celebrate that? Because, you know, the derivative of that is your car just increased in value, hopefully, right? But there's so many people, you know, that for a long time, these were budget cars that you could modify super cheap. And I think a lot of people are still kind of stuck in that in that period, that mindset. And they haven't realized like, no, this is, in my personal opinion, the Fox body Mustang is this generation 69 Camaro. Yeah. Like it's on the come up, you know, right. five years ago, people wouldn't have spent the money that you guys have spent to build a car, not a Fox body. That no. would have been 69 Camaro. That would have been Hemi. That would have been something Mopar, right? Yep. They wouldn't have looked at a Fox body, but the cars are getting to that position now because guys like us, again, are old enough to have to build those cars the way we would always dream them to be. Built the car. Yeah, the way that we will always dream them to be when we were, you know, younger. So I think that yeah. the community is progressing and it's um it's just maturing, you know. And I think that in a couple of years, I think this thing's gonna take off. 
I think it's already starting to. In my in my yeah. like me me personally, Gary, I would like to see actually I want to see people's door gaps get measured. That's how crazy I am about it. You know what I mean? Would, like would they do that in good guys? I mean, they got five expert judges there, like yes, measuring. Those I, guys are like like paid, bro. Like that's their job to do. You know what I mean? Like that's the deal. Like, are your door door gaps door gaps proper? Like, there's a whole checklist. Like, that's what I want to see personally. Me, you'll never see that probably at all Fox shows or right or most Mustang shows in general. Most car shows in general, you're not going to see that. You know, it's a lot of opinion and a lot of you know. Who, who likes, does the crowd like this car that day? Does the crowd like this car that day? You know, it's just how it goes. And you got to be, you got to accept that. It is what it is. You know, that's, that's where we live in. But if I was to run a show, there would be, it would be properly judged. It's fair. Yeah. I had no idea that it was like popular vote. I, I just yep. assumed it was like a handful of expert judges that were picking, but again, I don't know. Not a good guys. Like that's the kind of show like you'd want to bring your car to, you know what I mean? Where it's it's they're miking out your your door caps, you know. God, I'd be embarrassed. They'd get over there and just shame the shit out of my car. I'd be on the phone with me. My car got rated sixty-seven out of a hundred. What the fuck? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Not even ninety-nine out of a hundred. <laughs> John, what do you think about uh the all the the way Fox shows and Mustang shows in general are done as far as voting and judging? You you know my take on it. I don't think we should judge any of them. Yeah. You do have that opinion. You, you feel like there should be no awards. Nope. Don't don't agree with it. Right. I mean, That's never going to change. We should all be very, very thankful that we get to do this. You know, yeah. with one another. Right. We can all Agreed. throw all our keys in the middle and do like a key swap for the day. I think that would go over very well. Hell no. <laughs> Everybody knows I'll do it. Somebody would get in my damn car and be <laughs> like. Burn it out of that garage in Tom's car. Yeah, yeah. Listen, man, I got Mom's plenty. driving shitbox box or something, and I'm cruising in his car. <laughs> yeah, listen, dude, I got plenty of YouTubes to show. I'll let anybody drive that bitch. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what's the What's the point of building a fucking car like that if you're not gonna let people enjoy it? That's right. That's For how sure. I see it. For sure. You know, so I'll let people drive that motherfucker. No, nah, man, I get it, dude. I let my neighbor take my Cobra to the car shows all the time with his kid because he loves it. His kid thinks it's the greatest car in the world. He thinks he's James Bond. Right. That's awesome. Right. So, listen, on that note, we're about two hours in. I guess we'll wrap it up right here. Gary, I going to tell you this is one of my favorite ones, man. I had a yeah, blast. Cool, now, glad you guys had me on, man. Like I said, I'm a pretty private person, but after that conversation two weeks ago, I just felt called to, to join on. Yeah, I, I appreciate I appreciate the real questions and some questions that made me think tonight, yeah. Yeah. which I appreciate that, you know, uh, good ones for sure, man. So with yeah, that man, said, glad to come on anytime. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Gary for coming on. Go check out his uh, I'm pretty sure everybody knows blank check on Instagram. Uh, you want to just it's just played a blank check, right? You want to yep, shout it out? Blank check box on Instagram. Give them a follow. Say what's up. Go check out our dream restoration. They built it. Do awesome work. Hit them up. Awesome. All right. With that said, guys, thanks for listening. Later. Later. Thanks, guys.